Welcome to Four People. I'm me. I'm Jackie. And today we're gonna go off on rants about food. <laughs> we're gonna talk a long time about food this episode, but I have so many more thoughts that are not included in this episode. <laughs> yeah. This one is just about our experiences with food in restaurants and prices and the naming of things. Yay! Enjoy the episode. When I talk about pho, I always pronounce it as pho because I feel like I, it's almost like you feel kind of snooty pronouncing it the right way, even oh, though. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You're so much more knowledgeable. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, this is literally my language. This is the language I grew up with. Um, but also, sometimes if I say it the correct way, like if I say pho, people are just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know? So I always, I feel like I always Americanize these things remember some discussion about how we should say it the right way kind of like how we should say our names the correct way instead of trying to americanize it so much and trying to adapt ourselves to people's inability or unwillingness to try instead of just pronouncing it the way it's supposed to be (laughs) i think we say in in mong like pho more like a uh at the end not pho Uh Yeah, uh-huh. it's it's like the same-ish though, but no matter what, it's not the way that that's said in English. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like banh mi is is completely different from the way you actually say banh mi. <laughs> like banh mi sounds very different than banh mi. <laughs> um, just FYI, if anyone needs to know how to spell it, it's the N comes before the H. Um, <laughs> if you write it the other way, I will rage. <laughs> Wait, why do why do people spell it that way? It's be I think it's because when you know like when you say like things like ba humbug right you spell the ba as like b a h right so if it's bon me it's yeah like but ba. that's spelling it and saying it is different though I don't know like people learned how to spell spaghetti <laughs> no I think not really I've seen really really bad spellings of spaghetti <laughs> yeah. I, I feel um, like it's 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 their ignorance and willing to learn something yeah. that they're selling. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, to be fair, I'm sure spaghetti is very um, ingrained into American culture now, right? Even the spaghetti that we have now is probably not anything close to a, like Italian spaghetti. You mean it's not just ketchup tossed with random noodles? <laughs> I really hope no one makes spaghetti with ketchup. <laughs> that's really concerning i hope yeah no i hope not (laughs) but yeah i don't know i think it's it's gonna probably take a while um but until it does happen where people know how to spell bond me correctly or but me technically um it's gonna drive me insane and every time i see it i will rage one Um, day one day you'll have all the bonnies in the world spelled correctly yeah that is when you could die it'll i think it'll take a while and honestly people spelling it wrong like if it's someone that's just a patron of a restaurant they spell it wrong it doesn't bother me as much it it kind of is annoying but it's i mean they're just consuming the food they're not you know experts or whatever it is unless unless it's someone that says i'm a banh mi connoisseur and it's like no you're not you're spelling it wrong <laughs> but 
if it's if it's someone that you know like food network i remember seeing an episode and they spelled it wrong i forget what the show was but i remember seeing it on food network and it's like you have thousands of dollars you could even hire an intern for free because <laughs> it's food network right um you can hire an intern for free to research that for you that costs absolutely no money you just google it and yet you can't spell it correctly. And I'm not even talking about accents. I'm just talking about the correct letters in yeah. the correct place. Yeah. And Vietnamese is not a language where there's anything with like romanizing and everything. It's not like Japanese. It's not like Korean where you can say things like, oh, it's because they just romanized it differently. It's a different romanization pattern because I know like Korean, there's like two different ways you can romanize things depending on which system you use or whatever you can't even say that about vietnamese vietnamese is written in like roman characters <laughs> you just have <laughs> accents on everything <laughs> i know every which way <laughs> yeah so there's there's no excuse there so god damn it food network i think i've seen more recent things where they've um they've fixed it so now it's the correct spelling of things which i'm glad about there's progress being made <laughs> Yeah, so the price of food, I think I think it's always very interesting to me to think about how willing we are to pay large sums of money for more eurocentric foods, things like like spaghetti um or just pasta really not, I guess not just spaghetti specifically, but you know, more I guess elevated cuisines, I suppose you can describe them that way. Uh, things like Italian food, French food, things like that. We're more we're more willing to pay, you know, seventeen or twenty dollars a plate. And I know we talked about how those might be restaurant prices, but um, I live in Portland, so there's a lot of food carts and everything that sell food. It's not necessarily in a restaurant. You're not in a fine dining environment, and and even in fine dining, it's a lot more expensive, right? So I remember seeing a couple food carts selling pasta in Portland that, you know, it's like 15, 17 to $20 for a plate of pasta, which you can judge either way. You can say that's too much for me. That's not enough, but it's, it's not uncommon to see something like that. And I, mm -hmm. I always think that's interesting that we're willing to pay that much money for a cuisine like that. And, you know, pasta, of course, takes a lot of skill, a lot of time and effort to be able to create something that's delicious. But that's the same case when you look at more Asian cuisines, right? Um, and we're not just talking about Japanese stuff. I think, I feel like, for the most part, society kind of sees Japanese food as the more, quote unquote, elevated Asian food, right? You always think of sushi as being like a treat. It's something that costs a bunch of money, but doesn't cost a lot of money. It's probably something wrong with it kind of thing. But you don't see that with like things like Chinese food or Vietnamese food or Thai food. When you see things that are a little more expensive in those cuisines, you tend to think, oh, well, I don't know. That's too expensive. And, you know, I, I am also guilty of that. Um, too, like when I see banh mi's banh mi, when, <laughs> when I see that's a little bit more than the five dollars, yeah. Usually, honestly, when I was a child, I remember buying just banh mi's on the weekends for like three bucks or something, and when it got creeped up closer to four dollars, I remember my mom, my mom would say things like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe Hard the price of pass. banh mi's have gone up. <laughs> Hard pass. 
right? (laughs) So now my cutoff is $5 usually, Um, which is funny, right? Because usually when you get banh mi's, there's so much work that goes into making the sandwich. It's, you know, you have to – so the one I always get is is banh mi dak bit, which is like the special banh mi, right? It has all these pork products in there. There's the – pork or actually it's usually chicken liver um chicken liver pate right Mm -hmm. that takes a bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. to make um but that's a process on its own it's usually a homemade or a house-made mayo um made from like the oils and the the eggs and everything tastes way better than jarred mayo um and you have to pickle the carrots and daikon yeah Mm -hmm. And then you got to slice up all your veggies. You got to wash the cilantro and cut up your cucumber or maybe they don't have cucumber. Depends. Um, But, you know, that's a lot of things within a sandwich. And we're all expecting this to be $5, right? And they toast it. Yeah. And they toast it. Um, So, you know, there's there's all these elements that go into the sandwich and we expect it to be cheap. Um, And then – but on the other hand, whenever I see – a bonmi place that sells it more for more than five dollars. I can guarantee, almost guarantee that is not going to be a quote unquote authentic experience. It's usually some person that has decided that bonmis are popular, and they are going to decide to make their own versions of bonmis, and it's never, it doesn't actually taste like Vietnamese bonmi sandwiches. So it's it's weird. Because, like, on one hand, I get it because I'm, I'm just used to it, you know. But, I mean, like, a lot of Vietnamese people that came over to the States um, when they were refugees and everything don't have a lot of money. So you can't be spending, like, $10 on a bond me, right? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's, like, these foods have so much time and effort and love put into them that they're w- probably way worth more than $5. But that's what... I guess us as society has valued them at? I, I feel like there's lots of things involved here. So one being, I, I keep thinking like San Francisco, it's really hard to find a place that sells banh mi for $5. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely based on location. Like you, you were probably getting your sandwiches when you were a child from like a, a smaller establishment, right? And yeah, it was a, it was, I get, I lived in Sunnyvale, so we'd always go to San Jose um, during weekends to buy this stuff. So it's it's a larger Vietnamese population there. Yeah, and it was probably surrounded by other types of, I don't know, Vietnamese shopping stuff, maybe? Yeah, I yeah. would say so. Um, and then I feel like the one-off shops where you are getting the more expensive ones, maybe in the heart of Portland, like some person who thought that it was a good trend or had made it expensive, like is not in the same type of neighborhoods. Yeah, I would say so. So that's I think that's what I mean by usually the more expensive banh mi's tend to be made by people that aren't Vietnamese, which is fine, but it's just I feel like I don't know, I feel like it's it's almost like you're more willing to pay for those things when they aren't coming from people that are Vietnamese. Does that make sense? Like I feel like if it's I mean, <laughs> don't want to bring in the racial component of this, but usually if it's like a white lady selling banh mi's and selling it for 10 bucks. It's like people are perfectly fine with it. But if it's a Vietnamese establishment selling it for 10 bucks, they're like, no. <laughs> Let me throw in an example that might cause some trouble. Okay. Since we're talking about Portland, pock, pock. Okay. 
Yes, I do know of that ex- establishment. Uh, one of our friends very much likes the wings from Pok Pok. Pok Pok is a Thai restaurant in Portland. Yes. I think they might have multiple other locations too. They don't anymore Denver. because of the pandemic. Oh. <laughs> I think they have one now. Oh, that's, a, that's sad. It's owned and manned by Chef Andy Ricker, who is not Thai. So this is very on topic to what you're trying to talk about. Mm-hmm. I've heard controversy about, uh, I guess, that in general, like his success. Uh, what do you think of it? So... The funny thing is, when I was visiting Portland, um, prior to living here, I did try Pok Pok. I know a lot of people love Pok Pok, but I personally, the one time that I did try it, I didn't think it was that great. (laughs) So I wanted to get, um, because I heard their chicken and stuff was was tasty, right? And I didn't feel it. I think I came here to visit Portland when it was summertime, so I didn't necessarily want to curry because it'd be too hot. Um, like heat wise, not spicy. I can eat spicy, I promise. Um, so <laughs> there's, uh, in their specialty section, um, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of their papaya salad, a uh, papaya pock pock. Um, the pock pock, I think, is supposed to be the sound, um, it, it makes when you make the papaya salad in the little, um, kind of mortar, wooden mortar and pestle. You kind of just, pound the spices and stuff into this little wood wooden mortar pestle thing um so it makes that sound so it's a pop pop yeah so the their specialty is like their the papaya salad their fish sauce wings um so this conversation isn't really so much a judgment of the food it's more of the price and who's running it in that type of establishment um yeah again going back to whether or not the food is less authentic or more authentic, um, depending on how they prep, cook, you know, what ingredients they use. It's probably a different conversation, uh, but not not really an important one here. In general, Thai food being sold at these prices. I think it's more expensive, right? Like for the average dish, you're not going to get like a, a, a plate of chicken for like eight bucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and then the sh- the chef not being like a, a Thai person. Um, in contrast, uh, I think another one, another more, I guess a smaller establishment, is a place called Nong's Kao Mangai. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it's essentially you know like the chicken rice stuff. It, it's in a name Thai Thai <laughs> chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that so it's I remember. This place was one of the first places I've had chicken. I mean, I guess I've had it at home, but you know, like I didn't know it was an actual dish. I thought it was just stuff my mom made. <laughs> this place is owned by someone that is from Thailand. So her story is she moved to the U.S. in 2003 with $70 and two suitcases. And she started as a food cart. And like now they have a brick and mortar restaurant and everything. And it's very popular. This place is super simple, but super delicious. And I think it's very affordable in comparison. They serve just chicken and rice, essentially. Like $13 for a chicken and rice thing. You get your soup on the side and then you get your rice and your chicken and you get a bunch of sauces and stuff. I think that's that's interesting, right? It's it seems a lot less expensive than pock pock and it's what we were talking about, right? Sometimes we expect a lot of things from an establishment owned by someone of color, a person of color versus like someone that isn't a person of color or someone that 
doesn't didn't grow up cooking that cuisine or eating that cuisine and just has decided to I guess jump on the hype train of that cuisine um, and just get super popular and make a lot of money yeah I'm not sure how I feel about it because if people know how to cook a certain food or they have gone to a country and liked what they saw and liked what they ate and are inspired to do their own thing like we can't really blame them for that yeah and if they want to share those flavors I was just gonna say I I think I agree I agree with that I think my issue is not people so it's it's that whole conversation about appropriation versus um, yeah. appreciation, right? There's that whole debate kind of thing. And I think Pac Pac seems like a place where it's appreciation. Um, their flavors are Thai. And like Pac Pac is an example of appreciation versus there are other establishments that don't do that same kind of appreciation. They don't know very much about the cuisine. They just decided to throw these tag words or these these keywords onto things and you mean like the places that spelled banh mi wrong yes oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah essentially people see that banh mi is very popular and they decide to throw that on everything not realizing what banh mi actually is and what it really stands for you know oh, and oh my gosh it sounds like buddha bowls Oh my god, that's another thing that frustrates me so much. Like, me is just talking about all the things that piss me off all the time about food today. Um, but let me talk about Buddha Bowl, guys, um, just because it's another thing that drives me up the wall. I'm pretty sure me and I had this conversation before, and I looked up Buddha Bowls, and we're still not sure where the term Buddha Bowl comes from. But I can tell you, I can maybe, I'm thinking about this story that I was told way back in the day when I went to like religion classes and learned about like the Buddha and all that stuff. I think the idea of Buddha bowls come from the idea that monks back in the day, the story that they told was monks usually go around with bowls and ask people to make donations of food to their bowl to feed them. Obviously, Buddhist monks will eat they can only eat vegetarian things because it's the whole idea of like not causing suffering and stuff. So you only eat things that weren't alive because you don't want to cause animal suffering, right? You get a lot of different things in your bowl. You can get like, obviously there's rice and then there's a lot of things that people will want to contribute to the bowl. So my guess is that the idea is you have grains and then you have a bunch of different like mixed vegetable things in your bowl but generally it's honestly just like a bowl of rice with like probably sauteed vegetables and tofu or whatever but that's been I feel like that term has been co-opted into I guess the vegan yoga community I don't know but I always see these things where it's just like these really colorful bowls of some sort that I don't think resembles Buddha bowls or whatever th- that whole idea. It's just, I don't know. It's just some kind of salad bowl or some grain bowl and they throw a bunch of stuff onto it. And it's just, <laughs> there's there's nothing about Buddha related to these bowls, especially the ones that um, have like actual meat protein in them. Because it's like, you realize that Buddha bowls tend to like, if you're trying to co-opt that idea, it's supposed to be vegetarian. It's supposed to be vegan, actually. It's not even vegetarian. Like, 
I thought I read somewhere, it might have been Bon Appetit or something, like, uh, you were listing the ingredients earlier, it's grain, vegetable, and it's maybe like a protein, it's balanced. And then I remember seeing a quote, like, balance is a huge part of your spiritual life. <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong, but I, I think they're attributing that back to Buddha. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, that is one of the main ideas, I think, of Buddhism. Um, that's one thing. Banmi is another thing. So if you weren't already aware, uh, banmi or banmi, it means literally bread. Banmi is just bread, right? It's a translation, direct translation is bread. But a lot of the times when you say banmi, it can also mean a sandwich. So it drives me insane when people say things like, Bomb me salad. <laughs> and there's no bread in there. What if people say bomb me sandwich? In Vietnamese, when you specify that you want to, because uh, when you go to a Vietnamese bakery, um, there's usually two lines. You can order bomb me cum, which is like translates to empty bomb me, <laughs> empty bread, which is essentially plain bread, right? Just the roll. Yeah, just just the just the baguette. I think the other sign usually says bun mi con yen or or just bun mi um thet or bun mi something right which is bun mi con yen just means like bread with filling or sandwich it's essentially sandwich right yeah because um, usually if you're just buying bread it's just faster to throw in the baguettes into the bag and then you just pay for it versus like the sandwich obviously you have, you have to make it um so there's usually there's two lines so I think usually if you say bun mi sandwich I don't personally have a problem with that because you're it's essentially i mean you're saying bread sandwich but to me it doesn't matter because it's like i get it it's just annoying when people say things like bami salad like um, a deconstructed bami yeah and it's like bowl (laughs) yeah and it's bami bowls oh my god (laughs) what's not bread yeah i don't know it's just it's just silly because it's just like you realize, like, I understand what you're you're trying to do, but just call it like Vietnamese inspired salad bowl or Vietnamese inspired, you know, like something. Just call it Vietnamese because it's not. I know it's not Vietnamese, but if you say it's Vietnamese inspired or Vietnamese flavors or whatever it is to describe the flavors you're trying to describe, because that's that's what it sounds like they're trying to do is saying that this bowl or this salad or whatever has the components of a banh sandwich, right? Because it's usually, you'll see, it has like cucumbers or pickled vegetables and I don't know, maybe some pate or, or some mayo dressing or, you know, jalapenos, that kind of thing and cilantro. So that to me, the flavors are fine. Like I don't care, but I just find it annoying when you call it something like that and you spell it wrong and it's like do you know what a banh is like and that's the thing too sometimes they'll just throw the word on there but it has nothing to do with the sandwich or the ingredients that go into a typical banh it it's like i don't understand just because you're using fish sauce and that's the only thing that you've used in this creation that you've done doesn't make it banh just because you have fish sauce in there you flavored your protein with fish sauce doesn't uh, make it banh yeah I've seen that on Food Network a number of times when chefs make things. They're like, I've made a banh mi whatever. And it's like, that's not, that's not banh mi, man. Like, so I have a, a question. Yeah. Say you have like a, a, a baguette mm-hmm. and you cut it in half down the center. 
-hmm. not lengthwise. Mm -hmm. So as if you you were going to share two chunks, right? Uh -huh. And then you put the fillings in between the two chunks. What is that? Is that still a sandwich? <laughs> this sounds like a and a <laughs> one of those alignment questions. Like, is that chaotic evil? <laughs> <laughs> Sandwich. I don't. I don't think you asked for a sandwich. I made you sandwich. <laughs> oh, that's a sandwich, man. <laughs> that that sounds like chaotic evil to me. <laughs> Do you know that brand Amy's? It's like a bunch of vegetarian, vegan. Uh, I guess like pre-made foods. Yeah, it's like ricket. boxed. Yeah, 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 easy heat up. Yeah, exactly. So there is one thing I remember seeing. I think it was on. It was either subtle Asian traits or. Uh, Asians never die or whatever one of those Facebook groups are um, for Asians just talking about their commonalities. So someone brought up that Amy's had made a Vietnamese banh mi wrap. And let me, let me read the description to you. Um, Our delicious, satisfying banh mi wrap has all the flavors and spice of this traditional Vietnamese sandwich wrapped up in one of our gluten-free tortillas. <laughs> We start with a fluffy base of organic brown rice and season it with lemon juice, chopped jalapenos, and cilantro. Then we add organic pickled carrots and a mix of organic mushrooms, onions, and marinated tofu to complete this classic Asian-inspired wrap. One bite, and we're sure you'll have one of these on your shopping list from now on. So I don't have a problem with the ingredients. I like that they said classic Asian-inspired wrap. I wish they would have just said Vietnamese-inspired wrap or banh mi-inspired wrap or something <laughs> like that. There is enough space on this wrapper to say it. it. You don't need to call it a banh mi wrap because it's not. Like banh mi doesn't even have rice in it. And calling it a banh mi wrap, just, just call it a Vietnamese-inspired wrap. You know, so it's just like – you don't need to call it banh mi. Just because it has those things and you've seen them in, in a sandwich doesn't make it a banh mi wrap. <laughs> it's, just, it's like the same thing with tacos and burritos. A lot of the ingredients are the same. They're just a different format. <laughs> yeah, it's – see, that, and the, 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 I feel like the difference, though, is like when you see something like more fusion, like you see like Korean barbecue tacos or whatever it is, I feel like they still have very similar ingredients. And it's the concept is very much the same. The only thing that's really different, at least the ones I've eaten, is just like the marinated meat is different, right? You're having bulgogi instead of uh, like carnitas or something. So we didn't really talk too much about why we think some places are cheaper than others. I think a lot of it has to do with maybe social media, driving traffic, mm -hmm. popularity, type of ingredients maybe even, and how big the establishment is. Because if you're a full-blown restaurant like Pop Pop versus a small mom pop shop, the amount of people coming in and out is probably going to be a lot smaller too. But that's not always true though, because there's some yeah. really popular restaurants that have very few seating that you know you wait hours for just to eat. I'm not sure where the discrepancy is and I'm, I'm not sure if people should be for or against other people's taking cultures and making it making profits off of it or appreciating it is fine too <laughs> i don't know that's a that's i think it's an ongoing conversation i have with myself every now and then i feel like i also have this constant conversation of a constant conversation about whether a 
I guess an ethnic cuisine, I guess, is worth this or that. Um, I think I talked to you about how my coworkers were comparing the price of pho the other day and talking about how it used to be nine bucks at their local pho place in their neighborhood, but now it's like twelve fifty or something. It is a large increase if you compare like just just the price, but the amount of time and effort that goes into making something like that. I think that's a conversation that goes on with a lot of uh, people of color just growing up in the U.S. It's We're so used to buying things that are inexpensive because the the families that are creating the food of their culture tends to be catering more towards their community, right? And a lot of the times these immigrant communities will not have a lot of money similar to that um, that owner of that uh, Portland restaurant I was talking about how she came over here with like 70 bucks and two suitcases I, I think that's that's the difficult part right you're when you're trying to serve your community you have to match the prices that they are able to pay because you're trying to serve that community but like what you're saying with social media these places have started to get more fame and everything so I guess more people that, are not typically part of the community that this restaurant or this this establishment is trying to serve gets used to those prices gets used to you know tacos only being 150 or a bowl of pho being 7 or 8 bucks and once you see things that are slightly more expensive when you see that the prices raise to more than what you are used to paying for these quote unquote authentic restaurants right because they're, they're being the, the food is being created by people that belong to those communities people tend to i don't want to say that there's a backlash to it but there's there is a little bit of a resistance to the price change yeah versus someone that isn't part of that community because their their audience typically is not people within that community right a, example like a pf changs is probably not trying to cater to the chinese immigrants of the u.s <laughs> So they can be less authentic because they're, you know, they're trying to serve yeah. a different audience than yeah. the audience that, I don't know, a small um, family-owned taqueria is trying to serve kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like the people that get a little upset um, about price increases have knee-jerk reactions and don't necessarily look into the amount of competition that these other these places have and are just trying to support themselves and they are running a business mm-hmm. at the end of the day like they need to make money and also hopefully try to improve their business too in general i think that if you're not a part of that community and you're cooking cuisine that is not technically your own as long as you're able to appreciate that cuisine and show respect to where that food came from i think that's perfectly fine Controversy, controversy, controversy. Uh, give me your goddamn menu. Yeah, I I have a rib cage, so my organs don't get massaged. <laughs>